See now you don't have to put it in, Tim. You don't oh. even have to. Uh, you put that in the in the beginning part of the episode, season four, episode seven of Sass the Matter, coming to you. NFL Week Seven recap. Uh, we're gonna do our Week Eight predictions and our cups this week. It's a double IPA from Torrance, California. Shout out Monkish, and you got a bourbon barrel Scotch ale that decided it wanted to be a set of pancakes. I'm thinking from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Follow us on Instagram at Sass the Matter. And on Twitter at Stats Podcast, all things beer and sports. Find Stats No Matter wherever you get your podcasts, Stitcher, Apple, Spotify, Google. Tim, get into the show. All right. I think mm-hmm. you need to explain what happened last week. So we did the Joe Fan segment, and then mm-hmm. I very... I, I was, shout out to Matt, by the way, for coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry for jinxing you, Matt. <laughs> you said you said I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about Jinx them and then they don't show the fuck up at all uh the next week. Not my fault, Matt. You did it. Um uh, yeah. so now I need to find a way to get 49ers fans on the podcast so they mm. can lose some games. Mm-hmm. Uh very very smart about that. But um I was like, yo, Tim's gonna have a good time editing this, Tim this, Tim that, and then you were just like shit happened. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. I get yeah, it. Life, so life I, intervenes. Yeah, I apologize for, for all of that. Uh, I work in the broadcast field. I oversee a team that supports the uh, the back-end technology for um, one of the big ones. Uh, and, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I work for Disney. Uh, I oversee anything that Disney touches in terms of supporting the the back-end engineering production equipment uh and you know circumstances came up we had some some stuff go down uh i am responsible for overseeing the entire front half of the week which includes sunday monday tuesday and wednesday so there will be times where when things hit the fan uh i gotta be available to jump on and and help kind of guide traffic and and help figure out what some of these situations were and last tuesday that just happened to be one of those circumstances uh i couldn't avoid so uh i do apologize but definitely shout out uh about to do that a little bit more often uh we'd rather get you guys an episode sans me than skip a week going forward so i'll do my best to avoid it it should change we're making a couple changes at work that kind of lightens that workload a little bit because uh i can't work many more 24-hour shifts i am 40 years old now and i will die if those continue so <laughs> i was on mute the entire time 2023 you would think i know how to do this by now we've been doing this podcast four seasons still don't know how to hit the unmute button uh I, tim i'm sure there's people who are out there who are like oh tim's not there oh god damn it they probably they probably would love a, an episode that the, the tag notes in the episode says no sam this week They're like fuck yes fine <laughs> well, just me let's, just me yeah let Let's get into it. You got this bourbon barrel. Wow. Wow. Podcast of the people, not for each other, apparently. Are we, are we having like a like a Skip and Shannon kind of moment? Team. Team. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull the Stephen A card and replace you with, you know, someone else. I don't know. <laughs> could do, could do. You got this uh, bourbon no. barrel ale bourbon barrel aged Scotch ale. Yes. Tell so, us about it. Uh, this one's a little bit more regular. This one's from, uh, Founders. Just, uh, it's Backwoods Bastard, but this is the fall variant. So if you've ha- never had Backwoods Bastard, uh, it's a Scotch Ale that's bourbon barrel aged. And it used to be 
uh, like a, I don't know, not not quite a, a annual release. It came out a couple times throughout the year, but wasn't quite, you know, something you could get your hands on all the time. Then it went to uh, normal distro and regular production, so you can get your hands on it uh, pretty regularly. It's a fantastic little off-the-shelf beer, especially if you like Belgian strong ales or uh, scotch ales, something that's a little higher in the ABV department. This one just has the uh, the benefit of getting some some barrel aged, and then this particular one I have in my hand, uh, they took a step further, and this one's the French Toast Bastard. It's vanilla, cinnamon, maple, bourbon barrel aged Scotch ale. So it's a mouthful. Uh, description: Backwoods Bastard gets the full fledged breakfast uh, treatment. Our multi enriched bourbon barrel aged Scotch ale is introduced. The essence of smooth maple, warm cinnamon, and notes of sweet vanilla for incredibly decadent brunch-inspired sipper. One taste, and you'd swear you were digging into your Sunday morning French toast. Breakfast for dinner, anyone? Uh, or breakfast for breakfast. I would have this in the morning. Uh, but I'm very excited to try it. Uh, I do like a good pastry stout. Uh, I've never had sort of like a sweeter scotch ale, but uh, I think they tend to be a little bit sweeter. Like Innocent Gun is one of those... Um, that mm -hmm. I think it's technically yeah. a scotch ale that's also, I think, bourbon-aged or barrel-aged. Um, careful with those, though, because some of them are aged in different kind of barrels, and they're not great. But I think they're, like, OG Innocent Gun. Pretty good. Uh, my father-in-law used to drink them all the time. Um, let's try it out. Uh, but those do tend to be sweeter. This is... The Backwoods Bastard tends to be a little sweeter on its own. Uh, picks up a lot of the, like, the sweeter notes from the, the barrel-aging, but... Oh yeah, that smells right off the rip like pancakes or maple syrup and butter. That's interesting. I was not expecting that, but <clears throat> damn, damn, that is uh. So <clears throat> if you're comparing this to like an adjunct stout, it comes up a little bit short. Only because that tends to be kind of in the same flavor, profile, coffee, chocolate, whatever dessert you're mixing into it kind of all blends in. This one tastes more like a beer that is mixed with some of these sweeter functions, uh, these sweeter add additives. And it actually comes out very well, in my opinion. It's got that bitter beer flavor to it, but the... Like, I can't get over the smell. This smells amazing. Like, if this were a candle, I would burn it in my house, and it would smell like fall. Because <laughs> you don't smell like booze. You don't, you, don't, yeah. you don't smell like... It doesn't smell like beer at all. You know, a lot of times, especially when you're drinking, like, craft beer, which I don't know if I would call this a craft beer. Maybe, like, a microbrewery? I don't know. I don't know what I would classify founders as, but not craft beer. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Sammy, uh, Sammy Adams has still got the craft beer tag, so... Well, I think that's a self-imposed tag. Well, when the Brewers Association goes ahead and changes the the definition of craft every time that uh, yeah. your biggest biggest supporter gets larger, <clears throat> then yeah, it's going to happen that way. All right, so it's great. I like it a lot. It's not as good, in my opinion, as like an adjunct stout would be. Obviously, some of the bigger ones that we've had in Barreled Souls and Angry Chair and some of the other ones we've had on the on the program, but very very good. Uh, I would almost consider this maybe not quite an everyday drinker, but not 
far from it. Um, I could have one of these all year round. So I'm going to give it, I am going to give it a three nine because I'm, I'm kind of comparing it to like adjuncts, like other sweeter adjuncts that you could get out there. And if you're looking for like true French toast, I mean, you get a lot of that flavor on here, but it does have like that scotch ale, um, like slightly bittery, sweet, sort of rich, um, there's a, there's a lot of like rich flavor that comes out of the beer side of it, but you do get beer, whereas a lot of the other adjuncts we have, you don't get a lot of beer. You get bourbon and you get whatever it is that, you know, chocolate or cinnamon or whatever that it's it's mixed with. It it tends to mute the beer flavor completely, or you'll get like a slightly coffee type finish. Um this is definitely a beer, but it's a beer that it it tastes exactly like I had a the drink of a scotch ale and then took a bite of French toast. It's exactly what this tastes like. It's phenomenal. But, but they're they're concurrent. They're not like separate. You don't just take like the 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 sweetness of the scotch ale and then then the pancakes after. Does it does it blend? It it, it blends. It tastes I mean, that's the best way I could describe it. Like the, the flavors are very pronounced. Like you can pick each one of the the cinnamon and the and the maple, especially, but the like sweeter vanilla. It does. Like the I could reproduce this by having just a regular backward bastard take a sip and while holding the liquid in my mouth, take a bite of French toast. And that is a hundred percent what this would taste like. It's even got a little of like the, um, the mash bill, whatever they're using in here, even comes through a little bit that it's got like a little bready taste to it. So I'd, yeah. I'd love to know how they came about that, but this is, this is phenomenal. I feel like three nine is, is a low score, but I'm comparing, I got to compare it to like other French toast esque style beers that we've had. And it doesn't quite stack up to those, but it is on its own. Ah, Fantastic. You did their stack, stack of the toast. <laughs> oh. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, okay. Three, nine. All right. I got, uh, foggiest window by monkish mm -hmm. to the beer mm -hmm. store. Uh, Torrance, California's finest. I keep trying to find a way to, Anytime I can get any of the Cali's finest, and and I do mean that. I do mean Cali's finest. I loved Modern Times once upon a time. Mm -hmm. I thought they were absolutely incredible. Stone, as far as West Coast IPAs, even some of their 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 hazies, really good. The minute that I had Monkish, it was like, and now that's been equaled, I think, by like Green Cheek um, and a couple other breweries out there. It's just like this is the standard, and the fact that it's like outside of LA proper. I mean, it's a pain in the ass, absolute pain in the ass to get there. Um, but it's still, for me, holds like, especially in their, um, I think in their, their Torrance location, it just holds, it's like this, it's in the middle of the downtown, like industrial park. It's just, it, it's not a real brewery. Like there is the bar on the inside that you can like get the beers from, but it's mostly the production tanks. And there's like a small space outside for you to hang out. Like they want you to take cans or they serve beer in glass bottles still that you can take to go um, instead of like, you know, crawlers. And it's, it's just a really unique, unique place. It's, it's so, like what, um, it's like what Trillium was before they expanded. Before they went into Canton and took it all over and they had like 15 acres and, uh, <laughs> you know, Gordon Ramsay's Hell's Kitchen. And yeah, you'd, you'd have to, you'd have to walk into, uh, it was literally a bar. It was it looked like a bar. You'd walk, but you couldn't. <laughs> the, you wouldn't get a drink. You, you, you couldn't. There, there was for like, like buy and go, buy and go. Yes, and and it was like a line, and the line would be outside yeah. on the street, and then you'd like be shuffling in. What it was could be like five people inside at once? What was amazing before all of that, um, 
they used to distribute their bigger bottles, like the bomber bottles. They used to distribute mm -hmm. those to some of the local package stores. So before it really, really blew up, I mean, there's still, I don't care what everyone says about the carving and whatnot. Trillium is still one of my favorite breweries. They're oh, for consistent. Sure. For sure. It's, yeah, sure. Is it undercarved for, I mean, compared to a lot of beers? Yeah, whatever. But it's still very, very, like four point pale ale. It would be a staple if I could get it near my house cutting tiles consistent um, it's, it's dialed great. in yeah they're yep. just they're, they're great beers i don't give a shit what anybody says their adjuncts are, are the tiramisu and a couple of the other ones that they make are also phenomenal uh but yeah these are some of the bottles so i could go down and get like metal and four point and I, i'd get all those and my fridge was just full of them and it wasn't until the boom really really took off uh, that they stopped distro. I, I've I've heard now they distro uh, around Boston again. Um, mm -hmm. But they pulled it all back, and you had to get it from the brewery directly. And when they were so small, it was such an in, it, uh, it was such an awkward system because you would go through a door, you would take a left, and it was a bar, and you would make your way down the bar. Someone behind the bar would take your order. You would get down to the end. You would get your beard. You'd pay. But you had to make your way back through the line to get out. The line that you and just came were through, like down and around through the corner, like down around the corner yeah. of the buildings. But now, now it's, I mean, now it's as efficient, if not more, as as Treehouse, and they have a beer garden and like a handful of locations. So, anyway, we got off, we yeah. went off rails there. We, we we so did, and I remember the one time that I did go to that location before they went to uh, Canton. Um, I, I had a suitcase with me and I rolled that suitcase all the way down that street. <laughs> I had to roll that suitcase back out and everyone was pissed at me because I, I didn't go there and just get like a four pack. I was like, yo, I'm here. What's the max? Get a glass and a t-shirt. Let's fucking go. Yeah. Uh, and then I had to carry that and then <laughs> the, okay, the whole thing. Anyways. Uh, okay. Foggiest window. Very good. Uh, it looks quite foggy anyways. This is one of those beers that I just, I just feel like you gotta drink from the can anyways. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I think something I really appreciate about Monkish beers is on the bottom of this, it says uh, like the date that it was uh, brewed, which, of course, I really appreciate. And then it says all gas. And, of course, if you know anything about Monkish, their beers kind of are weed-like. And gas is, I mean, for the folks who don't know, who aren't Gen Z, um, gas is you know synonymous to smoke. So... Uh, put two and two together, you get seven, and you can figure out what this tastes like. Um, this this is this is good. I can't say that I'm going to give it higher than a four three. The only knock I think I can put against Monkish is sometimes a number of their beers kind of meld together for me. Maybe that's my palate just not being refined enough. Maybe I've not drank enough of their beers to sort of understand. But I I, I always really enjoy when I can get my hands on them. Because it is a very distinct taste um, that does remind me of, uh, you know, hypothetically, smoking weed out of a, a Bud Light can with holes in the bottom of it or an apple core. Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> no further comment, Your Honor. Let's get into these week <laughs> seven picks, okay? That's what's in our cups. Go find it where you can. Uh, Tim, mm -hmm. one right for you this week. Mm -hmm. Not looking good, buddy. Not uh, great. Me and Matt went, went two apiece. So... Let's get into the dub that you did get. Yeah. Uh, because everyone wants to start there. Yeah. And uh, I'm not making any excuses for my picks. Uh, 
it was a crazy week and i did text sam my picks while working uh on the fly as the games were starting so i didn't put a lot of thought into them uh except for one game and it happened to be the game that i i, I did get the w on uh the dolphins um philly game eagles yeah. and <clears throat> i had been you know you you would think I, I would get to cheat a little bit more because of where I work and I get to hear all the commentary, everything that's going on. Uh, it, I don't actually get to pay much attention to a lot of those because, uh, you know, we're, we're doing other shit. But, um, it, I mean, it's also Fox Sports. So, like, what, what, what could they really be saying? No. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways. No, so something about this matchup, like, I feel... If I'm looking at the two teams, uh, while the Dolphins are a, a fantastic team, right? Like, there's no doubt about it. They are the fastest team in the NFL right now. Uh, Tua is playing uh, amazingly well. Um, but I always feel like they are... I mean, it's hard to call them a one-trick pony, but it it's the only way I can describe it. Basically, you send your fast guys down the field. One of them is going to get open. You throw them the ball. Tool, scramble, gaze him. But with uh, Waddle and Hill on that team, you basically are picking, you know, which poison you want to die from. Uh, but like, I feel like that that is only something that provides success for so long before teams start to figure start to figure it out. And you've seen some kind of inconsistencies, like they had the blowout game, obviously, a couple weeks ago. But for the most part, like they are winning games, but if somebody could come in and figure out how to make a couple stops for some of these big gains, they would have a chance. And of any team that we would see going up against them that may, may have had that chance, for me, it was the, it was the Eagles, right? Like both of them went in 5-1. Uh, and one on the day. So it's not like one of them was drastically outclassed and this was uh, uh, some sort of surprise victory. I think the I, I didn't look at the Vegas lines, but I'm pretty sure they were, I think they were pretty close for both of these teams. Uh, and I think the Eagles just came out and played a more well-rounded game. It did help them that Waddle ended up going out injured or he went into the locker room. Hill ended up dropping some pretty key passes. One of them would have been a clear touchdown in the third quarter. Uh, so some of this was definitely circumstantial, uh, but I just felt like the Eagles came out and they, they played a, a more well-rounded game. Uh, both of them threw an interception, but uh, Hertz ended up taking care of the ball a lot better uh, in terms of accuracy. 279 yards. Uh, 23 of 31, finished with 109 passer rating, um, took three sacks on the day. Statistically, they were, they were almost identical, but, uh, they ended up getting more production after the, after the catch or after the first contact. So, uh, AJ Brown had a career game, 132 yards on the day. Uh, Goddard, to see it. yeah, Goddard came out, he had 77 yards. Uh, if you figure out how to pin down Hill, which I, in, in my mind, I, I mean, you got a game plan against one of them and hope for the best against the other, right? Like make them beat you with one of their players. I mean, they've got speed across the field, no matter who's out there. Mostert is incredible as well. I don't want to take anything away from him, but 
they're most of their big beats come from somebody open in the middle making yards after the catch uh that are continuing to extend these drives and this was the a scenario where uh you know circumstance did the work for you by taking one of those uh, out of the equation and then all you had to do was focus on keeping hill covered he was still getting open he did miss some some big plays like i said uh but they also had some pretty uh, pretty impeccable blocks on some really good throws where a defender ended up getting his hand in on it or they made contact right after the catch that ended up causing the ball to come out and, and be ruled an incompletion. There was um, there was one in the end zone. I mean, I think the under for yardage for him was like 98 yards and people were sweating it, but ultimately I think he finished with like 88 yards on the day. So uh, not his typical outing either. Some of it was, uh, you know, just just not his best game good defense from the eagles which is a fantastic uh defensive team so mm -hmm. i wasn't surprised by this this was kind of one of those that like if i lost it i, I wouldn't have been totally heartbroken but i did feel that this was going to come down to who put up the best effort and some luck and that ended up being the the eagles yeah i i thought it was a decent sunday night game too that's for sure uh first pick browns colts I picked this because I just felt like, look, the Colts don't have a quarterback because um, their their rookie, Anthony Richardson, got season-ending surgery. Uh, it was trending that way anyways, and I was like, okay, I think I think the Browns should be able to win this. Uh, Gardner Minshew started, and then the Browns started P.J. Walker, uh, who threw only one touchdown. Gardner Minshew threw two. Welcome back, Jonathan Taylor. And he did exactly what he needed to do. High-scoring affair. Game ends 39-38. I'm sure Browns fans are related, although they're just like, everything's fine. Like, they're, they're like that dog that's in that meme where, like, the whole house is burning. He's like, this is fine. Like, Watson's already ruled out for this week against the Seahawks. Great. Fantastic. I love it. Love to see it. Um, what's the issue with the shoulder? No idea. But people in the NFL have been super sneaky about injuries lately. Um, and I feel bad for the Colts, man. Like, you have a quarterback. You get some electricity in the building. You get Jonathan Taylor back, and nothing's nothing's matched up. I'm sure Gardner Minshew is going to do okay. You know, in relief of um, Anthony Richardson this season, but five touchdowns, four picks on the year, limited limited games that he's played. Right, five touchdowns, four picks. So the defense clearly needs to come to play. And as we could tell, against that backup uh, Browns quarterback, they couldn't stop them from getting into position to score almost forty. So, uh, it's going to be a long season, Colts fans, long season. Mm. I uh, I don't have the same amount of picks that Sam did because I wasn't here last week. So, I'm just going to quickly touch on uh, a miracle that we saw over the weekend, uh, <laughs> which is the Pats-Bills game. And Oh, yeah. I, 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 texted, I texted Sam, and they're going to fuck around and, and, and win a game. Um, you did, before the game started. Before I the game started. I, yeah. This was going to be one of my picks. I don't know. I, I buckled and didn't include it in it. But, um, I mean, the, the thing with Bill Belichick is that, that, that I, I sometimes struggle as a New England fan because of how fickle New England is, right? We just had 20 years of success. We're struggling for the last three years, and suddenly Bill's lost and fire everybody. Mac Jones is trash. Listen, 
I'm not saying Mac Jones is the greatest quarterback in the history of football, and I'm not saying Bill Belichick isn't struggling a little bit. But we need to understand that while Bill may be the GM, not all of the decisions in terms of player staffing comes down to just his opinion. We saw this with the Jimmy G uh, situation where uh, supposedly Bill wanted to keep Jimmy G. He got overridden. They traded him away. They kept Tom Brady. Uh, thankfully, they went on to win a couple more. But that's a prime example of a high-profile situation in which he was he was ruled out and ownership and the front office ultimately made that decision. So every time we look at poor trades or things that happen, everyone pins it on uh, on Belichick when I don't think that's necessarily fair. He's not the one that's making all of the decisions. Like Myers leaving wasn't on on him. That was a decision. In fact, if you read articles, you see that he had to be convinced to make that a trade. He didn't want to make the trade. Um, they thought Juju Smith had better yards after the catch. They thought there was statistically better uh, situations for Juju than there was for Myers. Now, Myers has gone on to a team where he's functioning well, but I don't think he is uh, necessarily uh, a wide receiver one on a lot of teams. I think he's just having success where he is now. He wasn't that on our team. He wouldn't be a difference maker. I don't think currently, I think I would put him and Bourne kind of in the same level with Bourne maybe a little below as he's developing, but... I don't think Mac Jones is as bad as a quarterback as we continually make him out to be. Yes, he makes some poor decisions sometimes. He's three years into his professional uh, career. He should have sat behind somebody. He didn't get the chance. Everyone demanded he got he got put in. Uh, and then they did this weird offensive coordinator experiment for the last two years that obviously didn't work out at all. Uh, but... Now you got him a real offensive coordinator. We started seeing some glimmer of hope and some some flash in the pan, but we also saw a lot of garbage mixed in with that. A lot of that garbage is the fact that Juju isn't producing at all. Uh, we can't get the run game going, all because our offensive line is hot garbage. He has, in most circumstances, seconds to get uh, get that ball out. And in games where the offensive line was doing okay for pass blocking, they were doing terrible at run blocking and opening holes to get the games to get the running game going. If you look at what Elliott and Stevenson's productions are, they've been almost non-existent for the entire season so far. What we just saw in this game against the Bills, which and a lot of people say Josh Allen tends to play to the level of his opponent. I don't think that's the case here. He's played fantastic football for the last few games. I think this was Bill coming in with a game plan against a divisional opponent, knowing that we're going to see them. We've seen them before. Let's figure out defensively how to make some stops, but let's try to do what we can offensively with this shitty offensive line that we have. And what they ended up doing was their job. Uh, you saw he had time. He was making good throws. Uh, there were situations where um, you thought the play was breaking down and he was able to kind of extend drives. This was just a very clean, good game of football from the offensive side of New England, which has been missing for most of the week. The offense, uh, the, uh, the running game got going. We got Elliott in the end zone. Mac Jones was 25 of 30, 272 yards, two touchdowns, had zero 
interceptions, he was making decent decisions. He had 126.7 rating on the day. And I've never seen, I mean, that's the highest I've seen uh, so far in the last few games. I mean, in the last seven weeks that we've been looking at these games. Now, I, I get it. We pick them at randoms. So there might be a couple mixed in there that were, that were better than that. But um, Elliott got going. Uh, Stevenson, they, they didn't put up massive yards, but what they did do is extend drives when they needed to. Uh, this was a, a pass happy, uh, game in terms of the ball distribution. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players that all racked up receiving yards on the game. So they were just distributing the ball, uh, all over the place. Um, so this is. I think this was a more complete game than we've had the chance to see against a really, really good team that coming into this was uh, four and two. Everybody wrote them off. You saw any of the predictions across the league. You saw everybody was saying, uh, this is clearly a Bills win. The, the paths aren't going anywhere. Do I think this is a turning point? Maybe. Do I think this is going to be the jump start of like our playoff push? I don't think so. I think they're still going to be up and downs. They still got some holes they need to fill coming up with the trade deadline. Offensive line isn't really something you hear all that often in terms of needing to make big pushes for it, but they need it and they need an R, uh, a wide receiver one because they don't have one right now. Juju is just, uh, I don't even know what that situation is, but he's just not producing $9 million. Dollars. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's struggled to, to stay healthy, I guess you could make some excuses for, but. Uh, he's just not, uh, he's not, and I think in contrast, you see what, when you look at what Myers is doing right now, it's easy to say this is a, a bogus situation, but yeah, like you never know what he's dealing with. I just think this, this is a game that's going to spurn more success over the next few weeks. Um, but it's, I don't think it fixes their problem. Yeah. Does it give them some type of motivation? Yep. Does it show them that there is some hope? Yep. Uh, but you're now going up against the Dolphins, which is arguably one of the better teams and a, and a Super Bowl favorite. Uh, if Waddle's out, drastically changes the circumstances, and I think this could easily be... Not easily. I think this could come out uh, a Patriots win, only because this is the second time this season we're seeing them. Uh, Bill is very defensive-minded, and this team is a a defensive-minded team this season, so I think there's a lot of potential here for New England to have some level of success. Um, we'll get into that in a little bit because this is going to be one of my picks. Um, but oh, well, we're back on the we're back on the Patriots bandwagon here. No, I just feel like I, I would do uh, the fans an injustice by not including them. I'm not, I don't know I I don't I don't want to bury the lead, but. It may not turn out the way we think it will. Just, oh, God, just so so much, so much bias. So much. I picked against them the last two times. I know, I know. Uh, okay, <clears throat> let's see here. First L of the week for me. I I, I said Dolphins over the Eagles, right? And I, yeah. and I said that. Um, but this is what happens when all that speed met all them curves and no breaks, okay? Um could not believe it I, I thought oh okay maybe they'll they'll actually like kind of turn it around here and they just didn't uh, of course throwing picks doesn't help but uh you, you got to hand it to the eggles 
for doing what they did. Um, so th- that's that's all I got to say about that. I- I'll finish on my picks by just saying Commanders Giants dub. Okay, I said it. I said the Giants are not a terrible team. They're going to win a game or two, right? Well, it's not. We're not. You're not getting crazy though. The Giants scored twice before halftime and didn't score again the entire game. They need Sam Howell to throw a boatload of picks. Darren Waller, welcome back. You're off the milk carton. But that offense is not fixed. Uh, so Giants fans, you got you still got a ways to go uh, in the NFC East, uh, which is a tough division. They have like one of the toughest strengths of schedules to re- remain in the season. So I, I kind of feel bad about them for that. So uh, yeah. that'll do it for uh, the picks, unless you'd like to recap. Uh, Nah, 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 nah. I, I, I do got to say, the Meyer situation for the Patriots is interesting because he got a contract from Oakland. Mm-hmm. Oakland. In my heart, it's Oakland. He got, a, he got a contract from Las Vegas that was pretty much the same of what the Patriots would have offered him, but Myers wanted out, which is weird because he decided to follow the offensive coordinator, not the greatest coach of all time. Um, so I, I think that the, the ship in New England is definitely writing itself, you know? Yeah, but, I th- as you point out, you you need certain pieces in place, and right now those pieces are there on the defensive side of the ball, not the offensive side. Yeah, and I think the, uh, I mean, depending on what article you read, obviously it it kind of waffles a little bit back and forth uh, in terms of the real reason he left. He said he wanted to stay. I mean, it's there's, I, I found myself in the comment sections a little too much over the last week just having conversations about it but um uh, one of the stories that's out there i think from nesson is that uh the front office ultimately convinced bill that the yards after the catch from juju would be a better alternative um and ultimately you know he buckled under the pressure and, and they made that trade but uh everyone's putting everyone's putting on him but i think you put myers on any other team i don't know if he's having that level of success he's He's there now. He's doing what he's doing now because their actual uh, wide receiver one is not available. So he is just by default that guy, and he's been he's been doing well. But he's not yeah. putting up like career. I mean, he, if you look at him comparative to the the rest of the league, I mean, it's not like he's like a superstar by any means. So. I don't know. If Juju had came over and we had success, we'd be singing his we'd be singing, you know, how Bill Belichick was a genius, but because Juju's been injured and, and his the offense has struggled just completely on its own, you know, everyone's really already ready to write him off, which is bananas. Yeah, I I can't I can't necessarily blame them. You take a quarterback fifteenth overall mm-hmm. and the offense is struggling as much if if he was taken thirty second overall. Right. I, I mean, I still don't think it would be great, but it to to me sometimes, Tim, I, I almost kind of wonder if like there's a bit of the same sort of hype, not not the same skill, but the same sort of hype with like Johnny Football, like going like in the twenties, you know, during yeah. his draft, and then like how he just didn't live up to the thing. We are trying to make Mac Jones happen desperately, um, and I appreciate that Bill was going to let him play out the season. I Appreciate that Bill O'Brien is trying to do his thing, but like, there are quarterbacks in this year's draft, and the Patriots should strongly consider drafting. One. I mean, there there are, but like, if we look statistically at the la- the first three years of the last three starters for New England, including you know the the God Himself, Tom Brady, 
Statistically, he's not that far off from either of those guys. In fact, he's better in some areas than those guys were. Now, I get the game is different. It looks different. It operates, you know, slightly different. But fundamentally, quarterback is a quarterback is a quarterback. And he's not a running quarterback the same way Brady and... uh, um, Oh, my God. Brain farting. No, yeah. I mean, it, it, it would make sense. He... But in the same way that you said that the <laughs> Tom Brady is that guy, Mac Jones, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. Just not now. Just not with everything he's got going on. You know, it's interesting. You talk about those guys not being that guy. Um, Ryan Clark's comments the other day on Russell Wilson just ethered him. And some people thought it was really harsh, but I, I kind of I kind of agree with him. I think hmm. quarterbacks get to a point where there is a cliff. And I know Max Kellerman said with Tom Brady was the age cliff, and it clearly wasn't because it's not age that was the cliff for Tom Brady. It was, it, it was eventually, you know, father time being undefeated, and uh, I mean, the we, lack we, of playmakers around him. But like some quarterbacks, just like they hit that cliff like real quick. Yeah, and I and, mean, it's uh, to Tom Brady's credit, he won a Super Bowl and still went out and won a bunch of games the following year. They just didn't make it to the Super Bowl. So I think that was a Nah, you know what? I'm good. But we still didn't see where that like cliff was. Like we're seeing it with Aaron Rodgers, right? Where you mm-hmm. went out uh, a relatively simple play and you ripped your uh, Achilles. Let's see how long that lasts. Oh, and Bledsoe is the quarterback I was just thinking of. I don't know. I had a brain fart. <laughs> First jersey I ever had. Um, but yeah, it's. I know Father Time is a little different depending on the style of play. Like if you're a mobile quarterback, it comes a lot faster. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I'm not willing to say Mac Jones and I know I'm, I'm on an Island and I'm by myself and I'm looking around, nobody's coming to visit. I don't think Mac Jones is as bad a quarterback as he's being made out to be. I think the makeup of that team is really bad and he hasn't had a true coaching system in terms of an offensive coordinator long enough to actually game plan around what his skills may or may not be until this year. So I'm not ready to to offload him. I don't think we need to bury all of our picks. I mean, he's serviceable enough that if we get him some weapons, we'll we'll win a couple games and flirt with some playoff games. I don't know if I want to burn another first-round pick on a quarterback who, you know, I don't know. I think if we do pick up a quarterback and we offload Jones, he goes to another team, I think he's going to be one of those guys that finds success almost immediately. Just a fresh start. Completely understand. Uh, but you don't really have a lot of options, like um, unless you want Shadur Sanders with the Alexander Patek on the sideline. There, do you think you think Bill would be about that? I don't think so. Yeah, no hard pass. <laughs> like be Caleb Williams after he says he wants part of an NFL team and then he loses to Utah. Not the first time, not the second time, but the third time. Heisman stock takes a takes a big dip. I don't know. I again, I said it. I said Michael Penix Jr. is going to be y'all's quarterback, man. It's going to happen. Yeah. It's going to happen. Mac Jones. Who? Mac Jones, Jones, every All time, right. man. I set the trap for you every time. Okay. Let's get into this week's, uh, this week's predicciones, if you will. Yeah. Uh, start us off. Yeah. Uh, I already touched base on it a little bit, so I won't spend too much time on it. But I'm going to do Dolphins, and I'm going to do Patriots. Um, this matchup is a little interesting because statistically it should be nowhere even close. Uh, but if you're looking at the defense side of the ball, uh, Miami's been struggling uh, this whole this whole season, but they made up for that 
with their offensive output. Um, but they're 27th in points allowed per game. Their defensive passing yards per game, they're 20th, and defensive rushing yards allowed per game, they're 19th. Where they make up for all that is their first in passing and uh, rushing uh, offensively. I think if this is a game where Waddle is not 100% and you're in that same boat, you're going up against the guy who has now seen what you're capable of uh, with a capable defense that they can scheme around some of these things, I think it's not going to be as easy as a win. And the first time they met up, it wasn't exactly like a walk in the park the entire game. So this one's going to be a little bit more interesting, I think, than what we were originally anticipating. I think because the Dolphins defensively have been struggling, I think the Patriots kind of figuring it out a little bit, this one's gonna be a close one. I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Pats Who are you gonna in this pick? one. I'm gonna pick the oh. Pats in this one, not because I'm a homer, oh, oh, oh. but I'm banking on the fact that Waddle is not 100. percent If Waddle comes out, he's 100. percent Obviously, this is a different look and feel to the game. Um, I think he's still listed as questionable. Um, so. <clears throat> If Mac, jo if the offensive line, let's forget about Mac Jones for a second. If the offensive line can do anywhere near remotely what they were capable, uh, what they did uh, in the last game, I think we're looking at a situation where there's some potential for another upset. Because like the Bills, the Bills was a pretty big upset going into this. And if we, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to pull up the Bills to see where they stack up defensively because I think they're a better team defensively than uh, the Dolphins, but without the offensive output. Uh, True. But they are. Uh, yeah. So defensive, uh, defensive passing yards allowed is tenth, and defensive rushing yards they're about the same. They're twenty third. So. They do a better job of stopping the, the run, but we saw we don't need the run game to be our stable for the entire game because the Dolphins are one of the worst in the league in terms of the, the passing yards allowed per game. I think there's some opportunity here. So it's going to be, in my opinion, a relatively close game. I'm probably going to lose this pick, but I'm going to go Patriots banking on Waddle not being 100%. And Bill finally figuring something out that has helped this team click offensively. We'll see. Yeah. It'll be very, very interesting to see if that's actually what happens. I won't, I won't mind it. Um, all right. Vikings Packers. I said on this, on this podcast a few episodes ago, I, I appreciate what the Niners have on defense. They have a fantasy football team overall, leaders at every position. But they've not been tested especially on the cornerback side and, and, the, and the safety side, and that got exposed Monday night. The Vikings, a team that should have had no business beating them whatsoever, threw on them all day. Jordan Addison, chunk yard after chunk yard after chunk yard, big play over the top, no contain from, from the defensive secondary whatsoever. And you lose a game in which your, core, your, your kicker has now missed three kicks. I, I understand that kickers are... Not a dime a dozen, okay? And you have to draft them. We have to draft them. But uh, Niners, you, you, you let Robbie Gould go. 
and you got this guy now, and you're not getting you're not getting production out of him. That being said, Vikings beating the Packers on Monday night, fluky, but it's the 2023 edition of fuck it, wide receiver one down there somewhere. Uh, the pack right now is slumping. Jordan Love, all the talk around him is getting pretty loud. Like you sat behind Aaron Rodgers for four years, you look good for three games, and now you're not doing anything. So what is going on here? But the Vikings need to prove that they can keep it together and keep it going. Um, because now that they've beaten a marquee team like the 49ers, everyone thinks that well, the division is not out of out of play yet. I mean, the Lions fell flat on their face. So like, there's still a chance they can do something here. The Vikings need to win this game way more than the Packers do. And I tend to believe that the talent on the Vikings, offensively and defensively, is better, especially after a Monday night win. I'm going to go Vikings here. Uh, I'm going to go for my second game, uh, Raiders Lions. Um, after last week, Monday night, Monday night. Yeah. The Lions got some splaining to do, uh, after last week's game, because God damn it. I have golf. Seriously, man. I have, uh, golf as my starting QB, which is why I'm really sad. I wasn't, uh, on the, on the pod last week. He's my starter. In my my money league, and dude, let a goose egg out there. Not a not a literal goose egg. He had like nine points, but I was just singing your praises. The Lions are a better team than what they thought they were. The Lions are uh-huh, uh-huh. one of those sneaky teams. They were five and one. Look at this is this is someone who's not getting enough credit. Is is, is golf good again? Like all of that stuff, and then they just come out and get waxed. Poetically, uh, <clears throat> this should be a bounce back game because the Raiders can't seem to find their identity. They don't quite know what to do week in and week out. And watching this team, it as a Raiders fan, I gotta ask, why are you still a fan? I mean, this is what are we going on like thirty years of disappointment or something like that? Every time you think they got some promise. Like Jimmy G is not the guy either. I don't think uh, he's a serviceable mm-hmm. playoff game managing quarterback. But I don't know the last time he played a full healthy season. So we've never had a benchmark to say this is good or bad. I mean, he got replaced in San Fran by a rookie who's gone out and lost his first game uh, this weekend. But uh, just across the board, they're 30th in points scored. They're 22nd in, in points allowed per game. Both yardage and rushing per game, they're 18th. Rush, rushing yards per game, they're last in the league. Uh, defensive passing yards, they're they're fifth. Uh, and their defensive rushing yards allowed, they're 24th. So you think coming into this, this is, you know, this is going to be their game, but Unfortunately uh, for them, Goff and the Lions are fifth in the league in terms of passing yards per game. So this isn't necessarily going to be uh, a great matchup, uh, but I think it's one of those games where it's going to be unexpectedly closer than what we want it to be. You would think, oh, this is this is going to be a game where uh, the Lions would normally come in and, and smoke them. I think it's going to be a closer game. I would say by a touchdown, maybe a touchdown and a field goal. Uh, I think it's. I do think it's going to be the Lions, but I think the the Raiders going to uh, fuck around a little bit only because Goff seems to. Uh, or once you've stumbled, sometimes you gotta. You need a week or two to right yeah. the ship. 
Uh, but the Lions should win this game, and they should win it by a lot of points, so I'd love to be wrong there. Um, but I'm not getting the uh, blowout vibes currently. Yeah, it could definitely fuck around and be like a 31-28 kind of game, right? Um, I will, we'll talk about it later in the season when the Raiders lose a few more games, but I got Josh a lot McDaniels. of questions about Josh how McDaniels that team is, is not the guy. He's not no, a quarterback. No, he's not. And I, I, I hate to say it because it's like every year there's like this cadre, this revolving cadre of, hey, these are the next excellent head coaches because they're fantastic offensive and defensive coordinators. Happens every single year, right? I know Bill they get a big stage tree. And they fall. Yeah. Yeah. They, they just fall on their face and you're just sort of like, okay, cool. This is your second time in the head coaching carousel. I, I don't think it's Bill. <laughs> you know what I mean? So speak, speaking of head coaches and, and uh, sluggish, sluggish happenings, let's, let's talk Bears Charters. That's the game I'm going to pick here. Justin Herbert this season, 10 touchdowns, four picks. And all four of those picks have come at the worst times usually by the end of the game, uh, when they're driving. The offense is sluggish. I mean, I get that Austin Eckler was injured. He was not there for a couple of weeks. Uh, but they were facing the Chiefs. Travis Swift was in the house. I know that he had a rag for that. Uh, but goodness, man, you lose by like 14 points. I feel like the questions about Brandon Staley's defense get louder and louder every time they lose a the game. On paper, Brandon like Staley's star defense where like the Mike linebacker can move around and there's all kinds of assignments. It's so technical. It's like PhD level defense. Belichick would love it, but Belichick would run it for like one week. He wouldn't, he wouldn't run it again unless the opponent was susceptible to it. Yet this is the only defense that the Chargers have and they get into these shootouts and then they can't hold the dam when their quarterback keeps throwing it away. And I feel bad for Chargers fans. Because I'm not sure they can do anything except score 20 to 30 points a game. That's just naturally what they do. They, they have enough scripted plays and they can pull enough rabbits out of hats to score some points. When it comes down to those two-minute drives, they got to have a drives, the let's protect the football drives, it does not occur on defense or on offense. I'm going to go charters here simply for the fact that Justin Fields has a dislocated thumb. The guy who's a backup said if he didn't make it in the league, he'd probably be, you know, a CrossFit athlete and, you know, coaching somewhere. So, like, yeah, it's great that he won a game, but uh, come on, Charters. Do the right thing. Put them away here. Get a dub. Get back into the AFC West race. You're not going to catch the Chiefs. You're not. But you can try and make the playoffs, damn it. <laughs> if the Broncos and the Raiders are going to go ahead and fall flat on their face, Win some damn games. Chargers uh, by three. Yeah. Uh, all right, I got Rams, Cowboys. And if this was the Rams of yesteryear, uh, this would be uh, a, a very... I, st I still think this is an interesting pick, right? I'm trying not to cop out on any of these. I'm trying to get games I think I know are going to be close. Uh, regardless of the record. But the Rams are always a team that could fuck around and, and you know, run the table for a couple weeks. But... Um, you know, there's some question marks with what's going on. Um, Dallas, unfortunately, is the same way where you expect them. I, I said at the start of the, the season this year, I thought they were playoff contenders and a Super Bowl contender. Um, it's, you know, 
typical Cowboys being Cowboys, right? I'm starting to buy more and more into the, yeah, well, they'll make it to the first round and they're going to get bounced, right? Because the teams yeah. they struggle against, you're like, well, I don't understand what's going on here. Uh, they're 4-2 and two on the season, which isn't a bad record, but some of these games have been a lot closer than what I would feel comfortable with as a, as a fan. It should be something... Uh, it, it this should be and is built to be a team that should just be running through teams and they're they're not. So, uh, I'm looking through their record. The Cardinals they lost to, which is crazy. The Niners you could say okay, but they lost forty two to ten, which is outrageous. They won to beat the Chargers by a field goal. Um, I mean, they did run up the score on the, the Jets as they should have, and on the Giants, they literally they whooped that ass and the Patriots. So, they get, yeah. when they win, they win big. When they don't win, true, uh, they're losing a lot of these close games, and this could be one of those close games where the Rams start kind of piecing it together. Uh, statistically, the uh, Dallas is just a a much better team. Uh, they rank in like the top. Five and and a lot of the team statistics points scored, points allowed, uh, defensive passing yards, they're all in the top five. But uh, yards per game in terms of passing and rushing, they're very much middle of the pack. So is uh, so are the Rams. So I think the Rams are a team that's like on the verge of trying to figure this out, right? And if they let's say they come back and they they win this game, they're uh, one game away from the same record as the Cowboys are here, so I don't think they're that far off. Um, I'm actually going to pick the Rams for this game. Uh, Cowboys have been a little inconsistent coming into this. I think uh, coming off a, a, a loss to the Niners, a close game to the Chargers, you're kind of you're, you're kind of in like figure it out mode, uh, if you will, and I think. I think that's that's prime for a team who's kind of on the fence with with being a good team to to take advantage of. Um, I think this might be one of those where they they kind of figure it out and they and they start getting things going. So I'm gonna I'm gonna need Cup to start doing some shit because he's also my fantasy team. And yeah. this is Cup is the kind of you don't playmaker. have a Puka Nakua on your team. I do not, unfortunately. Uh, oh, it's too bad. Couples, couples is my keeper. Um, Cup is a, is enough of a game changer that if he figures his shit out and he starts getting more involved, it's like McCaffrey. If he's involved, it's an entirely different look and feel. And I think he's like, now that he's back, he needed a game or two to get healthy. But once he is healthy, it's a very, very different looking team. And this may be one of those where uh, this is his opportunity to get out and, and, and kind of start making things Making things work. Uh, defensively, the Cowboys have some gaps that he could take advantage of. Um, I, I feel like this might be, might be the game. Might be the game. We'll see. I could be cursing myself next week because I lost another fucking game, but we'll see. <laughs> Tim, question for you. Yeah. Do you want to be a cowboy baby with a uh, top left back and the sunshine shining? I, I, I do not. West Coast chilling with the Boone's wine. I would prefer not. riding at night because you sleep all day. <laughs> funny, funny enough, Boone's Farm. Tim, can you was, smell a pig from a mile away? Boone's Farm <laughs> was the first drink uh, I ever had, uh, and the first time I ever 
got drunk. I won't tell you how old I was, but Boone's Farm was it. So. 14. Yeah, Mad Dog 2020. Uh, that was the lyrics to Kid Rock Cowboy. Oh, yeah, it was. And you didn't pick them. I did. So, I, if, yeah. so if, if the Cowboys win this... If the Cowboys win this game, we are going to open the next episode with uh, wow, wow. <laughs> Cowboys. I don't know who Kid uh, Rock, Kid Rock. Is, uh, all right, but Pan- we will not be doing that, no matter what. <laughs> yeah, he's TRBL terrible. All right, last game I'm going to pick here. Panthers-Texans. Panthers can't lose 17 games in a row, can they? They're 0-6. They had a bye week. I think it came at a decent time. Frank Reich has got to get this team together. They don't have a real running game going on right now. Um. Their defense is not doing a whole bunch either. Four interceptions in the season. Seven forced fumbles total. They got to bail the offense out. If you got Adam Thielen off the waiver wire in a PPR league, he's completely floating you right now. Sort of like Kendrick Bourne is uh, from the Patriots. Um, But it's not going to be easy. The Texans only have three offensive turnovers, and their defense has nine defensive takeaways. So I would love to pick the Panthers here, but I'm a betting man. Hypothetically. And the Texans at three and three, trying to keep pace with the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have beaten much more difficult teams like the Bills. Uh, they they can't afford to lose this game, so I'm going to go Texans here. I think that they they really need to keep it together. They got to get a good quality win, um, and they got to they got to they got to keep it going here. Tim, let's 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 finish this episode of Sassmer Podcast with some rags and roses, man. I feel like this Taylor Swift thing, since 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 you last spoke about it, I feel like it's only gotten more and more out of hand. So I'm not going to bury the lead and say what your rag is going to be. But if you do happen to talk about Travis Swift, I won't be mad at you. So give give us a rag for this week. Give us something in the sports world that's just really fucking irritating. Mm, I mean, that is like forever irritating. It just it just is. I know I look like Travis Custer right now. What you guys can't see. Uh, it's, I got a little stash going on right now. Uh, guy things. Um, I'm going to Florida. Oh, uh, I, right off the rip when I told you guys, uh, I'd rather have a podcast where I'm not uh, with a guest than when I'm, than not have one. I'm going to Florida for a week, so I will not be recording. Uh, (laughs) the week of the fifth. We'll, we'll fill it in with another Joe podcast. Natty, if you're listening, welcome (laughs) back, buddy. Uh, but, uh, I grew out this, this silly mustache, uh, because we're all going to do it. We're going to bunch of us guys we go to tampa we do uh some casino stuff some roaming around maybe man and 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 get your bingo cards out if you if you don't go there and get that fucking hazy ipa and a check pilsner from the, the one and the only angry chair I'll be sam i'm angry. not getting either of those if i go to angry chair you're a fucking disgrace <laughs> for getting it when you were there and i stand by that you you get those and you ship them home uh, and you enjoy the stouts fresh there okay anyway true uh we're going to tampa uh then we're gonna go spend a couple days at uh my buddy's place in orlando uh because my my knee's blown up and i'm an old man Uh, i don't know about golf but we're gonna be doing disney in orlando uh we'll probably do some fishing on one of the rivers like we did last year where i got up and, and peed next to an alligator uh not not a lot of good decisions and this mustache is one of those i look I look like a lot of different things. Uh, Travis Kelsey is one of them. Um, you could Ted Lasso. That's another one. Give it, give it, give it another week, and I'll be looking like true. Ted Lasso. Uh, I look like Chris Evans from Gray Man had a baby with someone who hmm. sat across uh, on, with an unfortunate interview with Chris Hansen. Uh, and so, 
<laughs> yeah, go ahead, sit down. Have a cookie. <laughs> yeah. Hey there. No, 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 no. I knew, I knew something. I was just here to. I knew something bad was happening. I was, I was here. Someone hacked my. I, account. I'm, I'm gonna leave. You, you're free to leave at any time. You're free to leave at any time. You're just gonna get tackled by those fucking people right outside the door. Yeah. Um. But no, this, this, this is just out of control. Sure, I'm happy for anybody that's happy. I don't need to fucking hear about it from every channel all the time. I don't need to see her reaction every time something happens on the field. I don't need to see them cut away to her when something good or bad happens in the game. Like, nobody, and I mean nobody, nobody is watching that football game, Taylor Swift fan or not, waiting for a four-second hit to show her up in the booth. Like, nobody, nobody cares at all. Tim, I, I only got I only got one question for you. Yeah. Why do we not have a touchdown celebration like Brittany Mahomes and Taylor Swift do? Because okay. because we're real. I don't think people. I've ever seen Jackson Mahomes sit in a box and not do TikTok dances. But he can't because he knows that the Queen is there and he can't do shit. So keep Taylor Swift in that box all damn season. I'm tired of the Jackson Mahomes I mean, TikTok dances. I don't want to see least, that shit. At anymore. least you saw that like post game or like once or twice, but dude. It's fucking absurd. It's everywhere. I took a screenshot. I don't know if I saved it, but I took a screenshot the other day where, like, the first article I saw on one of the big sites was literally about Taylor Swift being at the game and, like, some kind of reaction. And we had, like, career games that day. I'm like, D- I, I don't even understand what's, ha- what's happening right now, but uh, that will forever be a complaint. <laughs> Uh, also, one other Until... non-sports, no, one other sport, non-sports related complaint. Uh, Instagram, what the fuck, man? Uh, shout out to. Oh yeah, <laughs> I was wondering if you're gonna do that. No, uh... you made a comment. You made a terrible, so prejudiced, ridiculous comment, Tim. I know. Cancel you for it. I know. You said, "What? What did you say, Tim? What did you say?" It was on like one of the Metal Lark contributors. Meadowlark is like the Dan Levitard show, and I think it was on Pedro's. Uh, um, plus, they were talking about unread email messages, but, and that that was it. Unread email messages, and they said, "Leave in the comments what yours are." And I went, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll contribute to this because I have a million and I probably should fix that, and I didn't. My shit got flagged by Instagram as being some kind of spam where I could no longer post. Uh, it said, here, here was my post. <clears throat> 29,606 for Gmail, 462 for work emails, LOL. What I got from Instagram immediately <laughs> Was your comment has been removed. Your comment goes against our community guidelines on spam. Our guidelines encourage people to express themselves in a way that's respectful to everyone. If you think we've made a mistake, could ask us to review your decision. Your comment goes against our guidelines. Did you ask them? All you can do is hit let us know. You can't fill anything out. We don't allow people to spam others to get likes, follows, shares, or video views. We define spam as things like... Offering Instagram features that don't exist, selling Instagram accounts, claiming to have, uh, claiming to have to like, follow, and share before they can see something, sharing links that are harmful, 
or whatnot. Now, this isn't before anyone gets started. This isn't the normal Republican Mashika flag because what I shared is bullshit or leftist. What I shared is also bullshit. This is not that. This is your algorithm is clearly broken enough to, to I couldn't, I literally couldn't comment anything for 24 hours. It was insane. But, all right. Get well, that explains why I've been doing most of the day. Let's, let's wrap this bitch up. Okay. All right. Yeah, let, let's let's do this. Okay, so uh, we're recording this at this time. There is reports of an actual active shooter in Lewis, Maine. Of course, Tim yep. and I are both from Maine. Uh, my mother still works in Lewis, Maine. She's safe, locked in to, to a building at the moment. Uh, we're texting. We've been texting this this entire episode. I got a fucking rag for the fact that people just jump to make actual statements on social media, um, and because of sports, I got to do this shit. Okay, ten minutes ago. Boston Celtics, who are opening their schedule tonight, okay? Uh, they won against the Knicks, 108-104. Uh, Ten minutes ago, at Boston Celtics on Twitter, our thoughts are with everyone in Lewiston, Maine. Tim, there's a fucking photo of Jason Tatum driving to the basket. Uh, How disconnected can you be? What? Yeah. what like, fucking... I don't want to like snitch tag old takes exposed, freezing hot takes, whatever you want to call it. That is not the fucking thing. Oh, our thoughts and prayers are people in a, a whole other thing. But here's a picture of us doing sports. Sports is what we use to just disconnect from things. This is not fucking time to do some stuff like that. Yeah. This is so fucking tone deaf. I actually, I don't it's, want to be that guy because I know I'm just one of those many thousands of chads who just re- responds to a Twitter post. And I said, Celtics, this ain't it. As in like, you can still take the shit down. Yeah, I uh, uh, four hundred twenty-one replies, two thousand retweets at this point. God damn, dude! Like, yeah, there's, come on, there's so, the fuck on social media itself is just such a like. I've slowly found myself backing out and like disengaging from a lot of social media now, like, especially the cesspool that is Twitter, because people are shit, and what you learn more and more is that businesses are also shit, and they're just capitalizing. That was right. They're just capitalizing on just whatever important hot topic is like you see it constantly like you know cancer awareness month everyone's throwing pink and then you find out that you know companies do nothing to contribute to any of those like it's this is one of those scenarios um i was i was gonna i was gonna end with this to say like you know thoughts and prayers only go so far um we continue to see these kind of scenarios play out over and over and over and over again and i'm kind of at a loss for words as to what to say all of this is kind of taking place while we're while we're on the tail end of recording this uh i just sent sam yeah uh a, a little clip like the leading into this there's a lot of discussion like what's true what's not true but man the photos that are now like cct footage that's coming out this is it's no joke yeah uh-huh. I, I thought it was going to be some guy driving yeah, it's no by joke at all maybe shooting a couple bullets in a building and then leave. No, this is very reminiscent of every school shooting style photo I have ever seen. A guy is Absolutely. coming through the door yep. at a bowling alley holding an AR-15 up to his face, and you can see in his pockets he has just magazines on magazines on magazines. And it's, you know, this started at 7 o'clock on a, on a Wednesday night. This is absolutely insane. So... I'm not a religious guy, so my prayers are, are no good to you guys. Um, I'm going to be checking in with my, my, my friends up there. Uh, 
this is one that hits a lot closer to home than what I'm, I'm comfortable with. I have friends who live in these areas. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, of speculation in terms of what places that are there. Um, if it's, you know, one of the places they've listed is, is Schmengi's, which I have been to on numerous occasions. We went there when we were and yeah. when we were Ditto. 18 to 20 years old, we, we spent, a lot of our time there because you could get in and play pool and it was just somewhere cool to kind of hang out fair time bowling uh that's being reported was a place we we would go to on occasion too so this is terrifying uh you know i live in connecticut sandy hook is constantly a reminder uh this is another one that's this took place over three different locations it kind of goes to show you with with the means and the resources you can inflict a lot of chaos and damage in a very short amount of time uh, and it's just the fucked up situation. I don't know what the answer is to it. Uh, I'm not going to speculate or throw anything out or, or voice any of my political opinions on the matter. This is just, uh, I mean, it's a terrible situation. I know schools have been canceled for tomorrow. It's still ongoing. They're still looking for the guy. I guess they've identified him as a gentleman named Robert Card. Um, but man this is uh this is wild if you know anybody by the time you hear this i'm sure this will have been resolved and they they hopefully will have figured it out we but, hope but what's left over is going to last a, a long time uh i would encourage you if you know anybody from the Lewiston auburn area reach out get in touch see how they're doing see what they need some of these communities are going to be reeling for a little while i'm, I'm seeing you know the, the number of people affected well into the double digits and now some of the reports of the people who have ultimately lost their lives is in the double digits and i'm sure that's going to continue to grow yep over the next couple weeks so i know we took a drastic turn on this podcast but there's no way we could avoid it boy i just i just fucking hope that like we get to a point where people just don't put token statements on social media to be like we're gonna have a moment of silence like fucking be about it don't yeah. just do it just because you want to do it. So that's that's my rag. Don't, don't, we will don't finish this episode. It, yeah, don't catch the in, uh, it's, it's sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. It's super. No, no, no. It's like degenerate behavior to try and cash in on what you know is something that's going to get a lot of attention and clicks. Like I think it's up to like the six million likes or something. Uh, I I can't tell what I'm even looking at here. I don't even yeah. care. But. Fucking, it's, it's ridiculous. Fucking terrible, but I, I would get to a point where people don't feel like it's to crazy. express their frustration or depression or whatever it is. I'm going to go and, and affect the lives of, of thousands and thousands of other people. It's, I don't know, it's, what a mess. What a mess. <sighs> That'll do it for this episode of Assassin's Road Podcast. Uh, Thursday Night Football will be out by the time you hear this. Bills, Bucks. I love Baker. I think he'd be dangerous, but I'm pretty sure the Bills are going to win that one. So let's hope that there isn't no bullshit um, moments or pregame things. Unless the league's actually fully behind it and wants to do something about it. But uh, that's where we'll end this episode. Thank you always for the support. Download, subscribe, share. And we will talk to you next week. Peace. Peace. Dude, that picture is insane. So, it is insane. Um, it's insane. Be-
Thank you.